Good afternoon, it's 12 o'clock and welcome to the MoneyWeb at Midday Show. My name is Raik Finnegaard. Well, markets seem to be uh, much happier today than yesterday. The JSC and majority of the world's leading markets are trading higher. The dollar is also taking a bit of a breather after its recent rally, with most of the world's emerging currencies, including the rand, trading stronger. On the corporate front, it's a bit of a quiet day. However, NetBank reported interim numbers. And on a face value, it seems pretty solid. Headline earnings increased by 27% to 6.7 billion rand, mostly aided by its African business. And the dividend has also been increased by 14% to 6 rand 95 a share. And I'll speak to NetBank CEO Mike Brown in a minute. Simon Brown of Just One Lap is also in studio to help me make sense of the markets. But first, let's look at the indicators. The JC All Share Index trading up 1.2% at 57,534 points. The resources uh, have gained 1.6%, industrials 1.3% higher, financials uh, trading 0.7% higher, while the gold index is down 1.05%. On international markets, the FTSE 100 is trading uh, 0.7% higher, the DAX has gained virtually 1 percentage point, and the CAC 40 also 0.8% higher. Earlier in Southeast Asia, the Nikkei gained 0.69%, Shanghai traded 2.7% higher, the Hang Seng also gained 1.5%. Let's look at individual shares that are um, performing well. Kumba Iron Ore um, has gained 4.13%. Resilient up 4.1%. Northern also 3.2% higher. Remgro uh, has gained 27 ARM 25 uh, Anglos up 24 and Glencore also 2.4% higher. On the downside, Implats trading down 3.1%, uh, Goldfields down 1.7%, uh, Breit down 1%, Anglo Gold also down 0.75%. Let's look at the currencies. The Rand is trading at 13 Rand 33 against the dollar, 17 Rand 29 against the pound, and 15 Rand 45 against the euro. The dollar is trading at 111 Japanese yen, um, the euro at $1.15 uh, against the, the euro, uh, the pound is trading at $1.29, Bitcoin is trading at $7,052 or 98,064 rand. Gold is trading at $1,215, platinum at $835, Brent crude at $74.27. On the capital market, the R186 is trading at 8.69%. But uh, let's uh, look at NetBank results. Mike Brown, uh, CEO of NetBank, is on the line. Um, Mike, welcome to the show. Uh, you reported headline earnings up by 27% to 6.7 billion rand. The dividend 14% higher to 6.95. Um, and uh, it seems like a pretty solid results. Um, how much of this 27% growth can you con- attribute to the Ecobank performance? Hi, and good afternoon. Uh, thanks. Yeah, we do think it's a, it's a solid result. We had previously given a trading update to the market saying we expect it to be up between 23 and 28. So there should be no surprises that we ended up at around 27. Uh, clearly, the majority of that increase in growth is attributable to ETI, given that we own 20% in ETI. In the prior period, ETI had made losses, so we equity accounted our share of those losses. And in the current year, it returned to profitability. So splitting the, the 27%, uh, about just over 2% came from what we would call Nedbank's managed operations and the balance from ETI. Although ETI is a relatively small headline earnings number, it's only just about 130 million of the 6.7 billion. It does come off a very low base from last year, 
and our managed operations come off a relatively high base from last year. Your managed operations, those are mostly your, your the other South African operations, your corporate and investment banking and retail businesses. How did they perform? Yeah, that's right. So managed operations is really everything excluding ETI and We've only really split our business into managed operations and, and, and ETI, given the volatility in ETI's numbers, and, for, and from next year we'll no longer have that split. But if you looked at our other businesses, our corporate and investment bank uh, grew its earnings just a touch under 3%, our retail and business banking just under 2%, and our wealth business was flat year on year. That seems to, be, seems to suggest some pretty challenging uh, market conditions. Yeah, I think, you know, certainly the, the South African macro is pretty tough. We haven't seen the rebound that we were hoping for post-December. And actually, as part of this results announcement, we've lowered our full-year GDP forecast now to around about 1%. And previously, that was 16 to 1.8%. So it's certainly still really tough in the South African environment. Mm. One of the uh, political themes currently causing some policy uncertainty is the expropriation without compensation um, narrative and of course that could have a massive impact on the banks uh, what is your position regarding this and, and as do you think um, it has affected you as uh, some investors don't want to actually uh, you know purchase uh, property anymore yeah so certainly you know our stance on this has been a very active stance Nedbank has made a formal written submission into the parliamentary process We've also requested to be able to be given a verbal uh, presentation in the parliamentary process. And the essence of, of our presentations are that we don't believe Section 25 of the Constitution needs to change because properly read, it already provides for expropriation without compensation to the extent it is either in the national interests or relative to a particular piece of land, it is just and equitable to do so. So if the parliamentary process does decide to change the Constitution, what will be absolutely vital is the specific wording that is used to provide more clarity uh, to the existing situation. And, and certainly the current level of uncertainty has been unhelpful to either economic, uh, economic growth, investment or job creation. But are you concerned that this may actually lead to a aggressive implementation of the policies, or do you regard it um, maybe more as politicking? Yeah, I would still think that we are likely to get a sensible and well-thought-through outcome by the time the parliamentary process concludes. Mm, pretty diplomatic. Uh, on your lending side, uh, have you seen any impact? No, so we, we haven't. It's still business as usual. We've seen reasonable growth on the retail side of our business with uh, lending up about 5% year on year. The lending environment that's been more challenging has actually been on the wholesale side of the business where many corporate clients are either settling uh, previous loans earlier than we thought or taking a wait-and-see attitude on new projects. So corporate lending was slightly down period on period. And if we looked at overall payouts across the bank, we made 82 billion rand of new loan payouts in the six-month period, which is up about 8% on the prior equivalent period. Mm. Your corporate and investment banking, as you said earlier, um, grew by just about around 2.5%. Um, 
Are you seeing an acceleration or a deceleration of activity in the corporate sector, which you may contribute to the political uh, uncertainty we currently are seeing? Yes, I think it's a bit of a mixed bag. We actually saw quite strong transactional activity and uh, across our corporate investment banking franchise, and we grew non-interest revenue, so that's fees, trading income, private equity. That grew nearly 14%. Uh, but we're seeing very low levels of loan growth with, with loan growth relatively flat. And I think that can be attributed to both the levels of uncertainty in the first instance and then that round four of the renewable energy programs that Nedbank has been a really big participant in, round four actually closed in July and August, so slightly outside of our 30 June reporting period. And that should give us a boost into the second half. Well, thank you, Mike. That was uh, Nedbank CEO Mike Brown. From one brown to the another one, Simon Brown from Just One Lap. Uh, Simon, uh, you know, there's a lot on the political noise currently. We are seeing uh, the banks currently reporting, you know, solid numbers. Uh, maybe that is, you know, if you look at the absent numbers yesterday, they went also that uh, that good what do you what do you make of the prospects of the banks in the short and medium term yeah right today so, so and if we go back to to the full year numbers which were coming out six months ago with the exception of fnb first round to do that the half year the, the banks are tracking at, at that low single digit growth number you know three percent from absa yesterday when you strip out all the if buts and maybe in divorce settlements two percent today from nedbank when you strip out their the east african eti assets um and and I think in the in the local environment, it, it, it's going to continue to be around about that sort of level. Uh, Nedbank targets uh, GDP plus inflation plus five percent, which if they're looking at one percent GDP, let's call it. Five percent inflation. Um, that's an eleven percent number. They're well down on that. Um, and I'm not sure. I don't see anything in the South African market that's suddenly going to spur growth. I mean, I take Mark Brown's comments about the the fourth round coming into the second half. That will help. Um, but you know, we're getting comp- competition in. Time Bank is arriving. Uh, we're getting Discovery Bank will be arriving. They might only be here sort of in any force next year. Um, a lot of competition in the, in the banking space. And therefore, I think that the battle for growth for our local banks is really going to be more uh, a story into the rest of the continent rather than local. I think getting much more than, at this point, low single digits is going to be tough. Um, and, and make no mistake, the battle for the rest of the continent is, is not going to be easy either because that's not just our four banks. We've got HSBC, there's Standard Charter, there's all the other banks that are also already in the continent uh, trying to, to, to get business there. So, I, you know... The valuations on the banks are sort of, they were right. They're not cheap. They're not expensive. They're kind of in that Goldilocks space. They're paying decent dividends. The yields of around 5% dividend yields. Um, but, I, you know, I don't see anything. I think the full year numbers uh, and the rest of the half year, we still got to get a Standard Bank coming through, full year, which will come through in March of next year. I'm not seeing anything that's going to be absolutely shooting these lights out and taking the growth into high single digit, never mind those 11, 12, 13% growth just yet. You said in the Goldilocks zone, but the, the, the PE ratio for Nedbank, according to Profile Media, is around 10.5. Um, looking at um, APSA, it is 9.8. Um, Standard Bank currently at uh, j- virtually 12, 11.8. 
they seem to be pretty well priced. Um, yeah, so my, my 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 range for PEs for banks is around about sort of eight eight and a half up to around maybe twelve twelve and a half for the banks, um, as opposed to retailers who you know some of them are touching forty and you know Shoprite gets to twenty and we think it's expensive and that puts Standard Bank at the at the top end of the range. It puts Absa at the the sort of cheaper in terms of the banks. Although Absa Absa hasn't done much and if we look at their their uh, credit impairments yesterday, the impairments are running at a higher level than everyone else and a slightly higher cost to income ratio as well. Uh, Standard Bank, I think probably the premium in part, perhaps because they've got the better Africa. You know, Ned Bank's Africa is a 20% holding, which is a non-controlling stake. Um, Absa's Africa is what they bought from Barclays. They've now got to rebrand that. That is, that's going to be a challenge. You know, In the streets of South Africa, I think the average person didn't even know about Barclays, which was still Absa to us. And now there's a new logo and that's nice and all but in the rest of the continent it's Barclays Africa and now they've got to try and bring this new brand to market. Standard Bank's been there for for well over a decade Um, in fact a lot of it was post the crisis of 08 or 09 Giacomo then CEO trimming back from an emerging market bank to an African bank Um, and in many senses perhaps the better of the position but reflecting in the price. But he also seemed a bit cautious on the uh, land expropriation without compensation debate. Now, of course, it is sensitive. They are a big player. I know he's also a big player at the Business Leadership South Africa and some of the other representative bodies. But I'm sure that would be on the uh, one of the top agenda points on every board meeting. Absolutely. And I, and I think the key point that we want to, to Mark Brown's point, um, you know, the, the Constitution currently allows for it. Um, you know, what 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 the, the high road in this scenario is, is we're what the the ruling party and they'll need support and maybe or maybe not from the EFF but they don't have the two-thirds to change the constitution is to try and codify and and, and say these are the circumstances under which which truthfully they could have done via some court cases and tested it via court and we could have done it that way over the last uh, 24 years well constitution's only 96 or 22 years Um, but you know the the high road certainly is something which comes out and says this is how it will work what we have right now is is uncertainty lots of talk um, and and everyone just saying you know expropriation without compensation without quantifying what does that mean what does that actually mean does that mean a rural farm owned by the the king in KwaZulu-Natal or does it mean somebody's house in in in, in Santon or something in between and if in between what in between? Yeah. I'm um, looking at the markets. Uh, since um, the start of the program, the JSC has actually performed much better. Currently <laughs> up 1.4%. That's 0.2 of a percentage point higher than for 20 minutes ago. Uh, but surely this is just volatility and the inter, yeah. you, know, you know, dynamics of the current world market. And, and we had the JSC is trading within a fairly tight band over the last six weeks of, of, of about a percentage and a bit. Um, if we go, so about 2% and a bit, if we go over a longer period, sort of since the highs of November, we're trading in a slightly wider band, but we're pretty much going sideways. Two drivers really today, commodity prices have been moving a bit. Um, and oddly enough, in the list when you read out, we're seeing some miners doing well some miners not but the the 
the ones doing well are, are pulling us higher. And then NASPAS, back above uh, 3,300. Uh, 10 cent results due in a couple of weeks, and I think the market perhaps positioned themselves for expected good numbers out of 10 cent, uh, which share price has been down about $150 billion since its high of, of late last year. Um, and the expectation that whilst growth is slowing in 10 cent, much as you know you get to critical mass, it's what Facebook spoke about as well, they're still growing at strong, you know, double digit 20, 30, 40% numbers and are strongly cash generative. Yeah, Naspers up 2.3% today. And they also talk that they may unbundle some of the international assets uh, to unlock value and to reduce the discount. So maybe the upside potential on Naspers is. Uh yeah, I you know I like Naspers from a from an investment perspective around the three three thousand two hundred three thousand three hundred. I'm not going to get picky over a hundred bucks on a three thousand rand share, um, and and that is very much the sum of their parts in the ten cent. But if they start to do that unbundle, they could either unbundle assets, they could do a, a listing on a dual exchange because whilst you can buy ten cent in Hong Kong or the ADR in New York, when you buy it via Naspers, you're buying it at a thirty five. 40% discount and then you get everything else um, and, and, and let's see what they can do what they can't do is unbundle the 10 cent asset because of the structure in which they technically only really entitled to receive the dividend of it and they would need Chinese government permission and the like but they could spin off their OLX they could spin off their South African assets they could do a listing in perhaps Frankfurt perhaps uh, uh, NASDAQ or New York to try and unlock some value in, 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 in the company because they're trading at you, know, you always get a discount discount to, to, to a holding company, but the level of the discount is, is I want to say unprecedented, I hate the phrase, but certainly it's, it's bigger than, I, than, than the market typically is used to seeing. I haven't calculated recently, but it was at, uh, at one stage around 40%. So last time I checked it, it narrowed slightly to 36.5%. Typically, a discount, a holding discount is 15 to 20. Yeah. Uh, another interesting story, Peter Stauder of Tongard Hewlett uh, has announced his retirement earlier than expected. And of course, that follows this whole Investec uh, criticism of his leadership and then the retraction, uh, that whole debacle. You know, I know Peter is a... He's, he's, it's a hard business running a sugar business in South Africa. Um, what, what are your thoughts? I think it's messy. I mean, I've, I, 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 I like Tongard Hewlett as a, as a trading stock um, for their property, which is lumpy, but then the sugar price when it works for them. Um, and and I, I think the whole the whole the whole process from Investec side certainly could have been handled better. Um, and and what, what, what concerned me, and I appreciate that they have bought uh, his his retirement early is that is that the lack of secession and I think in truth you noticed yesterday the CFO resigned as well for for medical reasons and I think perhaps the thought was that he would have stepped into into the process and into the CEO uh, when he stepped down he's got a couple more years on his side there um, and suddenly they left without and now they've got to go and and and, and find someone to, to to replace it I agree it's a tough business farming is never fun uh, single commodity farming only makes it harder um, all sorts of very uh, you know, challenges you've got in that space um, but I've, I've fundamentally liked Tongot and at, at right prices I've always thought it was an attractive attractive investment for me never a, a long-term buy and hold always a buy it at the right price hold it for might be two or three years and then take your profit and and and, and wait for to to correct back down to to cheaper valuations which frankly are around the 80 rand level mm. Simon thank you so much for coming in always a pleasure it's Simon Brown from just one lap Unfortunately, that's all we have time for. For myself, Raik Vinnikerk, and the MoneyWeb team, thanks for tuning in. 